that their play on the field put them toward the back of the line. Kaiser doesn't see him. Ball is out. There always seems to be one team further behind. Gang, welcome to the Brown Notes podcast, where we let them rip on the Cleveland Browns. My name is Scott. And this is Rico. How's it going? Coming off a win, right? Did we win? Washington Commanders? We did win. I forgot. Did it, does that feel like a, as bad as they play, played in the first half? Does it actually feel like a win, or does it feel like Washington lost? Um. The NFL week has been so weird that the game kind of in my memory got buried quickly. And so yeah. it's like usually in, in like a victory Monday, like you just kind of relive the win over and over again. And that carries into Tuesday a little bit. Then you start to look at the next week's game and you apply like all the good positive attributes of that win like they always carry over into the next week. And so you get mm-hmm. super optimistic. Usually it's met with crushing disappointment, but that's typically how a Browns victory week will go. Right. But this week it's conversation in the NFL for obvious reasons has been yes. anything, but, and so I Correct. kind of feel like I didn't really even think about the commander's game. I had actually forgotten that we, that we won until you mentioned that. I was like, Oh yeah, yeah we did win. True. And, uh, and just, it's been talked about plenty. We just want to quickly throw out, uh, you know, Demar Hamlin is awake as of this podcast. He's awake. He's you know, communicating. He's getting better. So thoughts and prayers. Um, having said that, yeah, that's it, it's been anything. You know, it's been a very unusual week. Um, but in the attempt to try to gain a little bit more, go back to a little bit of normalcy, right? We the, the, to use joe burrow's words today when or yesterday when talking about this he essentially is saying listen we all understand and we're all there with regard to what's been discussed this week but the show must go on we all have jobs to do we've got to keep pushing forward we got to move this thing forward because we all have jobs right so the show must go on so we're going to help that along so um yeah so they won this they they looked like shit the first half Deshaun Watson looked better in the second half. We'll get to that, but everybody was, I don't know, man. This feels more like, to me, I'm just going to say that to me, this just feels more like the Redskins just poop themselves by keeping Carson Wentz in the game. And and, and the, and the it doesn't feel like a victory more than it feels like Washington just pooped themselves. I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you know that Wentz wasn't – he had moments – okay, he had moments early in the game where he looked like shit, and then he kind of recovered there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. 
But I think the Browns actually did something that we haven't we, that we've been crying about for a couple of years now. Is they made some halftime adjustments and they came out and they were the team that made the adjustments. Uh, Ron Rivera miraculously didn't even know that it was an elimination game for his team. <laughs> I don't even that's like fireable to me. I mean, I'm being dead serious. You I, know, that's amazing. You accidentally, and I'm not I'm not picking on you, but it just speaks to kind of what a mess washington has been as you you didn't a minute ago you just called them the redskins and oh get, my bad i get Bandish. it it's all no no no. i get it it's i'm, I'm going to use that to make a point not to rub your nose in it so i apologize but washington is a mess and <laughs> i think that that slip up on your behalf is like i hear it all the time i've done it they've had you know we just went through a name change here with with the indians slash guardians and I saw Washington getting ripped because they unveiled this new mascot. Did you see it? The hog. It, it's an, it's a new slash old mascot, I think. Right. Right. We know the history of the, the yeah. hog right. lineage with Washington. It's very similar to our dog defense thing that we had here. And that kind of carried on as like a unspoken sub brand for a while. Then they kind mm -hmm. of like have officially adopted it in some capacity. But I, I just say all this to, to kind of make the point that you're talking about a franchise that's had three different names in like the last, what, four years, <laughs> four or five years, right? They were the Redskins, then Washington football team for a couple seasons, and now they're the Commanders. They've got an owner that's been in perpetual hot water with the league like for years now. Yeah. Um, so probably the worst owner in all of sports, and that's saying something because there's some serious competition for that title. Fact. And as like our Browns, they have like this hog thing that was, that came from their offensive line, right? Back in like yes. this, what's that? Yes. Correct. In the eighties. Okay. So like the Browns had this dog defense identity that Hanford Dixon and Frank Minifield started in the eighties that the fans adopted, the fans took, you know, took on this hog thing for the, for the then Redskins and you know, and now they've taken it and corporatized it in the form of this truly hideous mascot <laughs> that's just a giant swing and a miss. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like the commander's name. You know, it's, a, it's bad. It's bad. I don't like it. I thought there were obvious things they could have done. Like, I thought the Red Tails worked really well. And, and I guess seeing them flounder like they have kind of makes me have more respect for how the Dolans handled the rename of our baseball team because... You could see like some Indians, Guardians, it, it rolls the same. You know, if they'd have gone Redskins, Red Tails, you know, it has some nice historical significance to it. You know, it's got some, you know, it, it's, it's, it would have been a smarter way to go, I think. And I just hate, I just, so just to take a minute and pick on, I'm not picking on Washington. I actually feel bad because I feel like, some kinship with them being a Browns fan <laughs> who's been subjected to like bad ownership and bizarre marketing and bad uniforms and all that shit for a long time. They um, don't like the circus peanut uniforms. No, but I, I, I don't want to pick on Washington, but they're, but to get back to the game, their coach yeah. literally admitted that he didn't know it was an elimination game for him. So I, I don't know, man, it's just a you, bad, a bad you didn't, franchise. You didn't know that your, your, your team was in an elimination game. You kept Carson. I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around why they kept him in the football game. The dude, I mean, I don't care 
that they put together a 21 play drive and in, in the second quarter it doesn't matter he was awful man like he was as bad as any one of like 30 browns quarterbacks in the last 20 years he was bad like cleveland browns bad he and he I'm, was but can we talk about that drive for a minute Oh, that we drive talk was about great, Deshaun Watson having a bad first half and then yeah. coming out and having a good second half. The truth yeah. is he had a bad first quarter because Washington had the ball pretty much the entire second quarter. So people kind of forget that. That 21-play drive ate up some serious clock. And it's true. You know, the Browns really didn't possess the football much in the second quarter. So, you know, it's kind of like not a full story to say it was a tale of two halves. We don't know. Deshaun Watson might have you know, that maybe it wasn't entirely halftime adjustments. Maybe Deshaun Watson would have found it in the second quarter had he had the ball in his hands. They they only ran they only ran four plays in the second quarter. So to your point, that's exactly it. It wasn't the tale of two halves. It was a tale of one of the first quarter versus the second half. And I agree with you completely. Who's to say that had they gotten another another drive in the second quarter that it wouldn't have looked like the second half? But I agree. The, the the biggest positive for me is the adjustments that they made at halftime to come out in the second half. And they looked they looked pretty amazing in the third quarter. And they've had a lot of problems in the third quarter for a lot of games this season. And for them to put those kind of drives and scoring drives together in the, in the third quarter, I was pretty happy about that because we haven't seen a lot of that at all. And honestly, Rico, it's like what we need to see, you know, we coming off a couple bad weather games and then we had the awful game, Watson's first game back where he clearly was super rusty and throwing the ball in the dirt is we haven't really got to see like, you know, kind of an ideal situation to get an idea of if this guy can kind of find it and what it would look like in a Browns uniform. And this was kind of the first time, you know, we had 60 degree weather and, you know, this is what fifth game back. So the rust has been shaken off and we got to kind of got to see some glimpses, you know, which is what we want to see when your team is out of the playoffs. And this is the future of your franchise for the next four years. So we got to kind of get some glimpses of what this offense could look like. And it was pretty fucking exciting. You know, it really was. It really definitely was. I mean, if, if, if that's what we can expect starting next year, then man, I mean, think about, I just thought about this like earlier today, I think, or maybe yesterday, but think about next year. If this, if this continues next year with the Browns, um, the guardians are going to be favorites to win the division. I think they are favorites to win the division or they ought to be anyway. And then the Cavs are next year could easily be favored to go to the finals. So next 2023 could be a really great year to be a Cleveland sports fan. Just means I'm probably going to get hit by a bus tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So, (laughs) and, and probably true. And I, but I don't wish that up on you. Um, So have we, I'm going to throw a couple of names out at you. Um, and I want you to tell, and just to kind of piggyback off you, off of what you said, where we've seen glimpses, have we seen enough glimpses is, is where I'm getting at with this. So I'm going to throw a couple names out at you that have that, uh, and I want you to tell me, and I'll have an opinion too, 
about did have they done enough this year to justify the contract that they've signed so let's since since deshaun watson is fresh in our brains let's start there has he done enough so far to justify 230 million bucks no no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I mean, it's the sample size is too small. I mean, we got to give it time to play out. I mean, I've been patient with this regime. Everybody's had the pitchforks out for these coaches for a while. And I've been like, I've just kind of been like, let this play out. Let this play out. I think next week our topic will probably be stay or go. And I'll let you know where I came out on some of those things. But mm-hmm. I, this this Watson thing, it's got to play out a little bit before you can. I'm not going to say, you know, the trade was worth it and it was worth the six picks and it was worth the three years of first rounders and it was worth all the Sturm and Drang and 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 uh, public relations turmoil that it was worth the, uh, you know, 230 million guaranteed that it was worth, you know, sending Baker Mayfield to go play with Sean McVay. I'm not going to say any of that yet. It's all to be determined. He's got to go out and show us that he's worth it, you know. Um, yeah, man. Can't I judge can't, it yet. I, I'm not going to – and exa- exa- exactly what I was going to say. I'm not going to say no, but the real answer – and I've heard some people say yes, if you can believe that. And I've heard some people say no, too. But the real answer to is exactly what you said. The real answer is TBD. It's we don't know yet. We certainly have seen things that have – maybe made us lean towards a big fat no but we've also seen some things that make us lean towards a big fat yes so that really means that we just don't have enough information yet sure there's i mean if you go by the second half of the of the washington game there's a a crap load to look forward to i can't wait to see i can't wait to see more on sunday against pittsburgh well let's go ahead let's just say though that I'm not grading him at all for the Houston game, the New Orleans game, and the what was the other cold one, the, the Baltimore game or whatever it was. I'm not, yeah, I'm not grading him right now. I think after the Houston game, my eyes were open of like, oh, I had unrealistic expectations. I mean, I think I came on this podcast when he got reinstated and said six and zero, oh, baby. You yeah. know, I don't think I realized the reality of two years of rust of being on a new team, new system, new teammates, new coach, and the guy hadn't played football in two years. And I don't think I fully appreciated how difficult and like how much time it would take to kind of get back to that. You know, um, you know, it's been 18 quarters now before we finally got, you know, the performance we got in Washington. And I think it's probably going to take the rest of this season an entire off season a training camp, a preseason, and probably the first month into the next year. I mean, the first month of any NFL season is wackadoodle because teams don't do jack shit during spring training anymore or during training camp anymore. So, you know, I think it's probably it's going to take time for him and the wide receivers and all his teammates to find rhythm and to find chemistry. It's going to take time with the coaches. It's just going to take time. No one likes to hear that. We're we're an immediate gratification world. I'm guilty of it too, but it's going to take time. So I'm not even, I'm not even marking him down. When I say we don't know yet, I'm not even giving him like, I'm not grading him on any of this this year. This is all just the last six games of this season are just, it's just preseason football. 
that's that's all it is i think some people either don't know or forget that excuse me when he was suspended and wasn't allowed in berea he he didn't he wasn't allowed to be in contact with anybody and and on top of that he didn't have a playbook right so he worked with whoever local receivers he could find in the area and they would watch the games and just diagram the routes and the plays while they're watching the game that was his version of a playbook he had no freaking idea what was going on so it was impossible for him to be able to practice within the scheme of the offense because he didn't have jack shit for resources like zero none and so for him to come back for what was it like two or three or four weeks before he was actually allowed to play right and yep. and and you're trying to win football games with another guy who has to take all the reps and he's getting a playbook from scratch that everybody else has had since fucking April. Yep. And then there was a lot of people and, and uh, including myself, we thought it was going to be super quick for him to just knock the right. But oh, I totally I do. I think we I think I think we all underestimated just. It, it, everything you said we all underestimated just the, the the amount of hurdles that he had to jump over in order to have any kind of comfort in on the field we all underestimated maybe not underestimated we all misread this entire yeah. season and yeah. i think that andrew barry jimmy haslam kevin stefanski when it went again it's going to feel like we're just repeating this until things finally get back to normal with this football team but when that suspension went down the season was a wash man it was just a fucking wash and that's you know and it just and now it's it's they're literally at the end of the year when other teams are fighting for playoff spots we'll play one sunday um you know we played one last sunday teams are fighting for their playoff lives we're just trying to install an offense and see what a quarterback's got exactly they're still in and we were doing that when we were still alive in the playoffs think about what you just said it's game 17 and they're still installing their offense yeah yeah that says that says it all right there so yeah i mean no, I agree with you. It's still to be determined on if he's earned that 230, if we've seen enough. But what I do fully expect is improvement from last week. That's what I mean. Even if it's just a little bit, I expect him to play better this week than he did last week. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Uh, I think we might see a little bit of a step back. I mean, you I think, think- so. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh, I have just have so much respect for the Steelers. The fans are going to be, um, they're going to be rabid. They've got playoff. They've got chances to get into playoffs. It's a team that started two and six and has fought their way back to 500. They've got a chance to finish above 500. They've got a chance to make the playoffs. They've got TJ Watt. Uh, that, that Pickens kid is impressive. I mean, he's, he's led stud. two weeks in a row. He's led them from behind. I watched that game the other night against the Ravens, and I was blown away. I mean, and the kid looks good. I, hey, Baker Mayfield looked good his rookie year, too. Honestly, it doesn't mean shit, but it means something for today, right? It might not yeah. mean anything four years from now. He might be on the Rams, but, but, <laughs> but it means something today. He's playing well now. 
you know? Yeah. And so I just have too much respect for the Steelers. I think they're going to be ready to play. I think the environment's going to be hostile. I think they've got some playmakers on defense. And I think, you know, and I saw, I mean, against the the commanders, I saw Watson getting, he had getting sacked quite a bit. Um, you know, he was having to run quite a bit. I saw him holding on to the ball a little while, while our guys were having trouble getting open. And, um, so, I mean, if that continues, I have a feeling he'll be on his ass. <laughs> so well, he, I think he took know. a lot of sacks in Houston too. Just that's part of his game. Trying, yeah, yeah. 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 That's, and, that's and part I think of his the other game. thing is, uh, what we were mentioning when we were, when we were texting where the offensive linemen aren't used to having to hold their blocks that long because Brissett was just a, a three-step and get rid of it, whereas Deshaun is kind of moving around trying to yep. extend a play, and they're not used to have to hold the block that long. So yep. that's I, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. Pittsburgh's defense has always been great. T.J. Watt has always been a, been a game effector. And so, I mean, if it winds up the way you said, I certainly wouldn't be surprised at all. And I think that, I think that the Browns are going to air it out. Um just to kind of like get one last look at Deshaun Watson. I don't know that the game for Cleveland is going to necessarily be about winning, whereas I think Pittsburgh is going to be trying to win, and I think Cleveland is going to be trying to get a look at their quarterback throwing the ball. So I don't think Chubb is going to get a lot of touches. I think the ball is going to be in the air. And, you know, um, I, I just I think you got one team trying to win and another one's doing a preseason game. So I, I, I would not be surprised if we see a few good things but we see a loss and we see the offense maybe peaked in the third and fourth quarter of a washington game and that's what we'll look back at yeah. so that's kind of my expectation is well, a i don't step think back people from what we saw think, in the uh, second half i don't think people will be very happy if that's the case because then everybody's going to say he had two good quarters in the last six games and everybody's going to be melting down over that. But no, I agree with you. I don't think I, I, I think, um, you I don't know, really I think, care what people, I mean, it's, that's what fans do. That's what sports talk radio does at the end of the day. Again, a real, put your reality cap on all this was, was, was preseason football and fans don't have meltdowns over bad quarters in preseason football. They're just getting a look at their quarterback. That's what they're doing. They're kind of, they got this Ferrari that's been in the garage. They can finally take it out for a drive. So they're just seeing how it handles. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, I don't even think, I don't even think it's about winning. And if they lose, then they went three and three in the Watson games and they will have gone three and three in the division. I mean, I don't know. And they'll finish it. What? They'll finish seven and 10. I mean, it's what's the difference between seven and 10 and eight and nine. So, yeah, I mean, it, in, for all intents and purposes, nothing because neither one of those records is getting them in the playoffs. So I guess it doesn't really matter much. But um, another name I want to ask you about, uh, this guy signed a contract in the offseason that really raised a lot of eyebrows, David Njoku. Do you think he's done enough this year to justify that contract? Uh, if he'd have made the catch in New Orleans or in the uh, New Orleans game, painful, right? <laughs> that might I mean, have been. That might have. That might have. Uh, um, that might have have eliminated any doubt. But um, eh, has he done enough? 
And didn't he have didn't he have a one that hit him right in the numbers in Washington too, right? Yeah, they I can't dropped. remember. I think, um, I think I think so. Has he done enough? <sighs> See, I had trouble. I have trouble with this one too because I'm I'm kind of wavering. I, I like him. Trouble. I I think I like him as a target. You know, I like him uh, as a player. Um, I'll go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt and say sure. Not worried about the contract. They pay. I, I man, he's so. He's one for me. He's one of those dudes that's like, it's. He's so promising. Like he the like potential on potential. Like he's super athletic, and he's such a stud, dude. But like he's got stone hands sometimes that are just baffling. That I think he could easily be a top three tight end in the NFL. He like he could be that if he just could catch if he just had softer hands. And it just man, I want to so bad say that he's done enough to justify it. But for me, TBD man, like for me right now it's no. For me yeah. it's a no. If I could select TBD, I would because I'd like to see him for a full season with Deshaun Watson and see if they develop any chemistry and yeah. if he becomes a favorite safety valve, you know. Um, so it's it's again it's all and also again it's premature. I mean it's it's the reality is yes we saw him with Brissett for eleven games, but I mean with but that's not what the Browns are going to be. That was just a pointless part of the season we had to get through. Um, so. You know, give it time, I suppose. I mean, and again, I mean, this these last six games have been so strange with the weather, and it's just it hasn't been like ideal circumstances to grade players on. I mean, everybody was. I can't pick on him too much for that New Orleans games. It was like negative twenty seven degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, but he threw three touchdown passes that hit the guys right in the face, and he and they were three drops. So yes, the weather was a factor, but. If you look at it from a certain perspective, he overcame the weather and it wasn't the factor in that he threw three touchdown passes, which would have won that football game. Yeah, but the weather was the reason why the winning team only threw the ball 11 times. <laughs> we threw it 30. Well, and the guys their, couldn't feel their, their fingers. And that's why they weren't, that's why the Saints weren't throwing the ball. So well, I mean, in, in the Browns defense, they threw the ball at least a dozen times in the final two minutes when they were losing. They were losing by a, a touchdown. That's, I know but they act like when they when these teams go to the pass, like, oh, we had the pass. We were down. They act like sometimes they act like they were down by like 30 points. You were down by a touchdown. You don't, uh, you don't know, have to abandon your offense when you're down oh, by uh, a touchdown. I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just telling you this, the fact. The fact is, is they threw double digit passes at the end of the game when they were losing. And that's why it appears as if they threw the ball more. But it was at the end of the game when they threw a lot because they had to. They didn't have to. That's the point. They didn't have know. to. They were down by a touchdown. They weren't down by 30 points they were trying to make up in the last five minutes. They were down they had to do well, was- and that's that's part of that's part of Kevin Stefanski's play calling and uh, game time adjustments and stuff that everybody are questioning. But that's that's a TBD also. But here's the final guy that I want to ask you if He's done enough to justify his Gigundo contract, and this is cornerback Denzel Ward. He signed a Gigundo contract. 
has he done enough this year? And his play has nothing to do with who the quarterback is, like Najoku. So has this cat done enough to justify that Gigundo contract? I mean, he's had a couple good games in the Deshaun Watson portion of the season, but before that, like the rest of the defense, he was, you know, an unmitigated disaster. So, you know, he was not having a good year. Um, would you agree with that? Oh, I my answer is hell no. He hasn't done enough to justify that contract. <laughs> Listen, before now, he pro pro bowl cornerback. Okay. But I, what have you, this is a league and it's not, this is, I didn't make this up. The league has made this up. This is a league of what have you done for me lately? And this year he's not been good. And he has a history of not being able to stay healthy. So you're only going to get, you're not going to get, but uh, maybe a few more than a dozen games out of him. Cause he's going to be hurt every year. And this year he's sucked. I mean, he's played better lately, but for two thirds of the season, he's, he's been stinking the house up. I I mean, I like the guy. I want him to be great, but hell no. In my opinion, he hasn't justified that massive contract. Yeah. And there's that weird kind of emergence of, um, ah, shit. spacing on his fucking name. What's that? No, Emerson's played well all year, but the guy, uh, Newsom. No, Delpit. Delpit, that's it. Delpit, man, yeah. he's been awesome this year, right? Well, like the last six weeks. Yeah, yeah, he's. That's <laughs> but, what I mean. Like he's really come on strong the yeah. end of the season. So it's weird because you've had like this kind of like weird, like some guys have kind of put it together, um, and I don't know what that is. Whether Joe Woods is like just, you know, whether he changed some things up, and if so, then what took so long? And you know, that's a whole other conversation, right? But. Did you real quick? We've got 10 minutes. Did you, did you see, and I just saw this and I texted it to you. Did you see Jadavian Clowney's comments? I saw the tweet to the article, but I didn't, I I was going to read it. And then I thought, you know what? I don't really give a fuck. And I just didn't, I didn't read it. Here's what he, here's the gist of what he said. I mean, I could kind of like suss yeah. out the gist of what he said without even reading the article. This team isn't the, putting me in a position to succeed, and I want to be somewhere else where I'm appreciated. Yeah, and that was that was basically in the in the tweet. And at that point, yeah. I don't really need to read the article. You've kind yeah. of essentially he's like, I don't have a problem with Miles Garrett, but Miles, but they're trying to get him a defensive player of the year, so they're moving him around and they're not moving me around and all this other jazz. Is that legit? What's this? What do you think is the like he's does this ultimate? Let me ask it to you in this way, and then maybe we hold your answer for next week. So let's end this by me asking you this Does Jadavian Clowney opening up and saying all this stuff public about, about what we just said? I'm leaving. I'm 90, he says, I'm 95% gone because this team. But no, the reason why the Browns are going to lose Sunday. Right, because this team won't put me in. They don't appreciate me, and they won't put me in a position to succeed. Does that is that the final nail in the coffin for Joe Woods? Don't answer. We'll talk about that next week. But I mean, I just leave that hanging. It's another reason why the Browns, in my opinion, are probably going to lose Sunday because they've got players now going to the media with their eye on the off season, basically, essentially cleaning out their locker and. So again, I mean, so when you're saying, 
you know, are we going to see improvement next weekend upon the performance we saw in Washington? I think there's a good chunk of this team that's, you know, turned the page and there's some guys that aren't going to be back and he's one of them. Oh yeah. He was never going to be back anyway. It was, he, you know, he was coming back this year to play with Deshaun Watson and to have a shot at the Super Bowl, but the suspension rendered that obsolete. Um, but he was he was never going to be back next season anyhow. I th- it was always a one year deal. Um, you know, I don't know. The defense was a fucking mess, and it feels like them moving Garrett around has only been in recent weeks. You know, I think they just were just a couple. I think who was the D coordinator we had here? He used to run the UFO defense. Oh man, because you're seeing a little bit of those kind of things now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which which yes. feels like as they're kind of moving Garrett around, which people have been screaming about forever. Like, was that Mangini? Was it Mangini? I don't remember. Was it Mangini, dude? But, I want. I I don't care, dude. I want Greg fucking Williams back here so bad, it's killing me. I mean, who's he's, he not working gonna with? Who's he with right now? I think Seattle or Minnesota or somebody like that. So he's in the league. He's in the league still doing something. I think. No, the hot name is uh, Brian Flores is the big name. You know what's funny about Brian Flores is he had the lawsuit against the league, and that was pretty ugly, and the text messages and things looked pretty ugly, and it looked like, you know, and I have no doubt that there's discrimination and there's legitimate beef there. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just obvious to anybody who's, who, uh, you know, cares to look, but, Mm -hmm. um, but what's interesting about that is the outrage over his dismissal from Miami. And I know Miami's like eight and eight and has kind of fallen back to the pack a little bit, but early in the season, they were playing so well and they looked so good under that new head coach that it just made their owner look like they made the right decision. You know what I mean? Well, do you buy that? You know, he's also claiming that he was being encouraged to tank and that's why they played so shitty. So are you, are you, I mean, and you know, guess what, you know, Sashi fell on the sword for the Browns and allegedly and tanked so that we could be where we are today. So tanking Which is, is where not- sub 500 for two years <laughs> in a row. Did you hear, did you hear, this is tangent city, I guess, to wrap up, but did you hear, <laughs> um, Joe Woods press conference today? Uh, uh, what do you say? I think it was. Oh, there. yeah, yeah, where he walked out and he said, I hope to see you guys next year or well, something like that. Not that part. That's actually news to me, and that's funny. But Mary Kay or somebody asked him about, um, you know, what what his thoughts were with all the rumors about not being back and you getting canned and all this shit. Mm. And so he tried to lay out a defense as to why he should be back. And it was funny because, and I'm just going to give you cliff notes on yeah, it and just kind of sure. riff on how I remember it. But he literally said, three years ago, we went to the playoffs, 11 and five, won a playoff game for the first time for the city in like 26 years. And then we came back and we finished top five last year, but we were under 500. And then this year, and then he kind of like paused and he's like, we're playing better in recent weeks. But he literally like had to kind of like the way he worded it, you're going to have to try to grab the audio, is that it was like he was trying to explain how well the defense has done under his leadership 
while simultaneously saying the team has regressed because we started Jesus out with Christ. a playoff year and then went to eight and nine and are now about to go to seven and ten. <laughs> so That's it was awful. like his argument as he was delivering it you could tell that he knew his argument was was falling apart as the words were coming out of his mouth it was funny but he couldn't pull it back then right <laughs> because he had to actually like verbalize that the team was i mean you know we started out in the playoffs doing something that the team hadn't done in 26 years and now we're you know we're walking into seven and ten and the defense was awful for the first two-thirds of the season <laughs> And that, that's where he found his argument. You know what I mean? From playoffs to that. And he actually went through the whole timeline. And I'm like, dude, do you realize what you're saying? No, <laughs> I don't think that dude is ever going to be a lawyer. That's you're saying true. the team regressed and you're a part of it. Jesus. You know? um, Boy, so it's that, kind of funny. That, You'll have to catch the audio. if you. I'll, I'll check that out. But yeah, to, he, to, to end that press conference, as he was walking out, he said something like, well, I hope we get to talk to you guys next year. <laughs> so like dude he knows he is outy dude i think yeah. i think the writing is on the wall right but we'll talk about that next week maybe. yeah we'll but. save we'll save our um stays and goes for next week when we kind of get got to at least get the one last game behind us so we can yep. give everybody a fair resume from which to be judged on wouldn't want to short change anybody jesus god but i god fully forbid. what i fully expect to be a lackluster ex effort in in pittsburgh so I disagree. I think that they're going to come out guns a blazing because they want to a keep Pittsburgh out of the playoffs and B they want to give Mike Tomlin his first losing season as a Pittsburgh head coach. So I think there's a lot to play for. And I think that they're going to be motivated. I hope you're right. But the cynic in me just says that stuff fans care about and players don't even think about what Tomlin's record is and, all that they don't even think about that unless they're thinking of going to work there just let me have my neo moment okay <laughs> can you do that can you just let me have my moment i can mean you just i just let me ride that little wave i mean we played probably one of the best games of, the, of our season against pittsburgh on thursday night was it thursday night football and yeah um yep. i just i think that place is a, is a is a, it's it's a death trap. It's a haunted house for the Browns, especially it really it's been is. a, it's been the, it's been the, the gas chamber. If you can pardon the awful reference for coaches of the Browns, it's uh, to go there. It's uh, you know, that's where head coaches go to die in the last game of the season in Pittsburgh. If you're a Browns coach, I mean, no doubt, man, an extraordinary number. It's like five of them have been fired Holy shit. back. It's a it's a black hole for Browns coaching. That's for damn sure. Somebody said that Phil Savage couldn't even get on the team bus when they fired him in Pittsburgh. He had took a police car back to Cleveland. Oh my wouldn't god! Even, wouldn't even let him on the fucking bus. Hey, why don't you go root for Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> We're all rooting for Buffalo for obvious reasons. We are definitely. All right, go Browns. Go Browns. Cleveland Browns, all day, all night.